Cheers. Cheers to you. Season two. Season two. We're wrapping on it. I know. The Insanity. Is already done. It's crazy. Holy shit! That one's strong. That is an IPA. Mm-hmm. Um, Chris, you got you own all this for leading this one in. Okay. Well, first oh. off, welcome back everybody to the Dad Life Podcast. Uh, we're wrapping up season two here. Um, I'm surprised that we've done this many. It's been a while since we did an episode, yep. but. Um, here we are at the end of season two. Today, we're drinking a very, very special beer in my in my eyes. But uh, of course, we're drinking a three eleven beer. Everybody, um, three eleven. The the name of the beer is what the. It's the name of it's one of their tracks from their latest album. It's a hazy <laughs> IPA, and it smells really floral let's say it's like strong. an IP, an ipa should <laughs> 7.1 not as strong as our last one but no but it's strong just strong with the tasting. ipa yeah it is it's definitely hoppy so shout out 311 beers but it's good i'm it glad is. that we got our hands on this one it's delicious and nutritious all right what are we talking about today's a big day um we're gonna get uncomfortable we've got an awesome guest we uh we don't hold back for our season finales um just we've talked about our neighborhood so many times about how great it is, how much we're grateful that we lived here and blessed that we live in a neighborhood that is so friendly. Um, my next door neighbor who I met uh, immediately as we moved in, his name is Sean. He is originally from Boston, Massachusetts. He is a black man. And today we're going to talk about Black Lives Matter because it's important and because it is relevant. And I don't think that we've had these conversations enough in no, the past as long as I've been alive. And Sean was grateful enough to jump on and be a part of this. And so we're excited. Sean, welcome. Well, thank you for having me. I really appreciate that, um, Ryan, as well as Chris. Um, I'm excited. And um, having had IPA before, I know if it's 7%, I know that's a very strong. It's a, <laughs> it's a woo. Yeah. I, ju- I just know it is. I might IPA, get hazy by the end of this interview. Yeah, just yeah. saying. In fact, man, you might just have to gunshot that thing. Just get, get over with. Put you it might out. have to keep us on track here. By the end of it, we might you. go off the rails. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I, I got you. All right, good. So I think just leading into this, Sean, if you wouldn't mind kind of just giving us your background, where you're from, um, how you got to this neighborhood, kind of end there, and then we'll just kind of go from there. Okay, excellent. Well, um, I am originally from Dorchester, Massachusetts, which is the inner city of Boston. Mm-hmm. Um, Dorchester is most known for um, Marky Mark and the Funky Bunch. I don't think he goes by Marky Mark. I I, that's how I still prefer to him. Okay. Good vibrations. Uh, good vibrations. Can you feel it? Uh-huh. I, can still, I still got the beat in my head. Anyways, um, and his brother, Donnie mm-hmm. uh, Wahlberg. So I'm originally from Massachusetts. I came out to Utah long, 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 long time ago. Um, went to Utah. When we first came here, we moved to Ogden, Utah. Um, Ogden um, lived kind of, I guess what they would say, the inner city, even though Ogden really doesn't necessarily have no. an inner city. Right. No. Um, grew up, went to high, lived on 32nd in Lincoln, which is um, a very gang-infested territory. It was back in that day. Mm-hmm. Um, in fact, one of those stories, I remember this is a true story. So I'm in high school, I'm probably like a sophomore in high school. And it's the summertime, and I'm mowing the lawn, right? You know, as we all had to mow the lawn. So I'm mowing the lawn, and from Wall. So Wall was the next street down from Lincoln, mm-hmm. right? Further to the east? 
Wall? Wall, Wall is west. West. Okay. West of Lincoln. Yep. So I'm 32nd in Lincoln, and all of a sudden I hear this bow, 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 bow. And so I'm, you know, mowing the lawn, and I look to my left, and there's this brown regal doing a drive-by shooting. Jeez. Right? Doing the drive-by shooting. Come stops right in front of me, because I'm on 32nd, mind you. Right. So he's right in front of me, and I see him with this 12-gauge shotgun. He puts it back in the car, and he's shooting at this house kitty corner, you know, uh, away from me. If he wanted to let, if he wanted to get me, you know, that would have been it right then and there. Yep. Yeah. You know, that he didn't have, he looked right at me and I froze and then they just kept going down the street and, you know, somebody got shot at that house. It was a mess. Yeah. Um, I should have went to Ogden High School. Um, yep. I should have went to Ogden, but I ended up going to Ben Loman High School, which is quite a bit of ways from, you know, where I went to, mm-hmm. you know, from, from 32nd Street. And there was times when I would walk. And I would walk from you walk from thirty second thirty second to Ben Loman. I also lived in Ogden for over ten years, mm-hmm. so that ain't a short. It's walk. not a short walk. Well, well Ben Loman is is on like I think ninth or seventh street. So mm-hmm. the main street is twelfth street. So going up twelfth street, you got to go up a hill to get there. So I went from thirty second all the way to seventh street, walking up the uh, a hill Jeez. to get to Ben Loman. And this was some like this is when I missed the bus. Uh, mother couldn't give me a ride to school. Um, what have you? And a lot of times, this was during two-a-days. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. this was during two-a-days for football. So I would be walking. I would usually get a ride back from one of the coaches. But riding, too, I would be, you know, going to, I would be walking from 32nd um, to 12th Street. It's a long way. A warm-up. Yeah. yeah. Maybe it was something up. else. Workout. I was lean. I was lean and mean. Yeah. <laughs> and I, was, I was lean. I was lean. <laughs> and I had no choice. I was, you know, just up there walking. Um, Let so, me ask you a question. Sure. So, you moved from Dorchester to Ogden. Mm-hmm. How old were you? I was five. You were five. I was okay. Five years okay. Because mm-hmm. um, I, I heard a little bit of the 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 Boston in your voice. Is there a little bit? Is I'm there? Like, I'm surprised it's still there at five years old. So that's cool. Well, the funny thing is, is when I go back home to Boston, mm-hmm. you know, my aunt in Boston is aunt instead of aunt and aunt. My aunt says, Sean. You sound country. <laughs> you sound country. That's how she talked. Right, right. Know? Sure, why do you talk like that? But when I'm in Utah, right. you know what I'm saying? When I'm in Utah, I'm like, oh, you kind of got a little bit of an accent there. Oh, yeah. You know? So. Utah's got a thing for sure. And like, when I go back to Buffalo, man, it's... Oh, yeah, we do. Oh, it's heavy. It's, I, I just was speaking with my family last week, and I'm like, y'all talk funny, man. <laughs> yeah. Because yeah. you, you get away from me, you stop... Mm-hmm. You know, enunciating words the same, but sorry, sorry to take you off track. So, no, 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 real quick. And so I graduated, uh, you know, so, you know, I went to Ben Loman High School and my high school career, my high school experience was phenomenal. <laughs> That's really nice to hear. <laughs> my high school Good. experience was, and it was different for me because back then, you know, I was a, I was a, a fairly decent athlete. So I didn't have, to, I didn't didn't I wasn't I didn't go I was kind of shielded from some stuff I didn't experience racism that I can really recall in high school uh-huh. because I was a, a good athlete you know I was a okay. good athlete when we were freshmen um, we dressed varsity football um, we went to, I went to state and track my freshman year um, my sophomore year I was comp- you know we you know we was you know we was starting varsity football yeah by that time and I was in the finals for the state track meet. By the time I was a, senior, a junior year, um, I had already had a name. 
you know. Mm-hmm. And we was, there was another guy in my high school um, who, you know, a very close friend of mine to this day. His name is Emmett. And he was he was huge in football, so we was always hanging out together. We was always together. We was it was not only not only was it us, but it was we, we hung out with the preppy rich kids from North Ogden. That's why I always it's a lot of North Ogden. Why you yeah. got a point? I got a point. <laughs> you know, uh, well because <laughs> that's like, straight you. We man. straight we, to be like rich kids like this yeah, guy. Yeah. Rich kids. I'm serious. You know, had all this land in the backyard because oh, yeah. mind you, it was different for me because even I thought that Bent Loman was a fairly you know, we're school because I'm from, you know, now I'm from Dorchester, which is the projects where I came from coming to Utah, living on 32nd and Lincoln. Yeah. And before we lived on 32nd and Lincoln, we lived right across the street from the Marshall White Center, which I think is 28th Street, yep. which is rough. It's rough. In that area. It still is. Not as rough as Massachusetts, but still no, rough. It's still rough. You know, you know? Uh, it's not the same. <clears throat> it's all, I think, you know, it's different everywhere you go. Right. Yep. Um, but. Tell me the difference between Ogden High School and Ben Lomond High School. Why did you go to Ben Lomond as opposed to if you're supposed to go to Ogden? Great question. Thanks for asking. So one of the reasons why I went to Ogden is because I went to Central Middle School, um, which was – and I just wanted something different. Okay. You know, I knew – like I didn't want to be going to high school kind of with the same cats – that I went to junior high school with. Okay. So I wanted to, in my mind, what I say when I, what I say now when I'm training people is give yourself the best odds. So even at that time, even though I didn't necessarily know it, I was giving myself what I thought was the best odds. Okay. I didn't know a whole bunch of people when I went to Ben Loman. Um, and should have, they should have made me go to Ogden, really. You know, I remember when I was a, you know, I remember getting recruited by football, you know, by one of the football coach. Um, he ended up being my college football coach down at Snow College. Um, and, you know, before we was, a, I was a freshman, he was like, if you come to Ogden, he's recruiting me. <laughs> you know, he was like, before, if you come to Ogden, I promise you that you will, you will play your freshman year varsity, mm-hmm. right? And he showed me the locker room. And Ogden, mind you, I don't know if you've ever seen Ogden High School. It's well, old. It's very pretty, though. It is. Very, very, very Super pretty. Nice. In fact, it is the first um, million-dollar high school in the country, Ogden High School. It's the first multi-million-dollar high school Interesting. in the country. Now, if you go to Texas, it doesn't matter. I mean, you know, the high school football stadiums cost more than that. Shit. But um, anyways, so I ended up going to Ben Loman. And a lot of the kids, Ben Loman really was like a melting pot. Because you had the, you know, you had the, you know, the kids from West Ogden, mm-hmm. um, which is more, you know, you know, it's not even, it's not, it's more economically depressed in West Ogden okay. than you have the kids, the preppy kids from North Ogden that should have been going to um, Weber High School, but mm-hmm. wanted to go to Ben Loman. And then you had the kids that are from like the North Ogden area. You had your snowboarders, you had your burners, you right. had, you know, you had your, you know, your essays. And mm-hmm. then you had me, you know, one of, you know, <laughs> one of probably, I don't know, probably like literally the population of Utah, 1.5% black in Utah. Yeah. But I don't even know those numbers, but yeah, it's, yeah, it's pretty, yeah, it's about 1.5%. It's, it's about 1.5. You, you, you guys both grew up slow. here. I'm I'm already just assuming, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, that it sounds like Ogden High School, you know, district sounds like the most diverse place there is. Yes, um, I think because West. you're not you're not having these same conversations in even Davis County. No, and, you're not. And, definitely not. And Salt Lake County, Mm-mm. definitely not Utah County. So. No, I think I West mean, High School in Salt Lake City is the most in Ogden would be second. 
Mm-hmm. No, I would say that West High School would probably be first. That's what I mean. West they, be number one. Yeah, they'd be Ogden number one. Ogden be number two. Yeah. Gotcha. So Ogden, but West High School, they, they have such you know, they have such a very diverse situation going on up there. And because they have literally rich kids mm-hmm. from that, you know, from the hill that are going. And then you have the inner city kids coming from the west side and everybody's kind of going together. But, you know, like I said, and I know a lot of people who went to West High School. I had a phenomenal high school experience. That's amazing. I was a horrible student. But, <laughs> <laughs> you know, but... You know, I we had fun. By the time I got to college, I was already a veteran at partying, right? Mm-hmm. But it wasn't until yeah, I got to too. college that I started to experience racism, right? College. In college. It wasn't in high school. It wasn't in high school. Which it's, is super surprising to me. Mm-hmm. That is to me, too. Only because I grew up here as well, mm-hmm. knowing the one black kid that I went to high school with, mm-hmm. knowing what he went through, because I, I saw it firsthand, what would happen to him. Because he wasn't an athlete. And I mm-hmm. think you're absolutely right. Being an athlete gave you that edge mm-hmm. where you got shielded from a lot of yes. shit. Um, but would you would you mind walking us through that first experience in college and what happened? Well, <clears throat> I was down at Snow College, which is in Ephraim, Utah. Right? Holy Whitest shit. White is white. It's pretty bad. <laughs> I didn't experience really a culture shock until I went to Ephraim. Um, I thought I'd seen it all. Um, but I went down to Ephraim why and did you go there? Cause I had bad grades. Chris, <laughs> and it's a two, it's there. a two year school. <laughs> I had bad, bad it grades. is a community college <laughs> for the most part. It's a two year school. Yes. Okay. Well, you visited first, right? I, well, I visited the colleges in Utah, but one thing I wanted to say, uh, which kind of actually ties into what we're kind of talking about. I had horrible grades. In fact, the only reason why I graduated from high school is because I was an athlete. Okay. I would go to, I did not have a book bag until um, I was in college. The first book bag I ever had. Oh my you gosh. Know? So when I would go to high school, when I would go to high school. That's impressive. That is impressive. <laughs> so this is what I would do. I would go to high school and we would all, you know, everybody has a spot you hang out in high yeah. school. Oh, yeah. And in the first period, before the first period starts, it was in the, like right outside the gym. Okay. And right outside the gym, there was a, a Coke machine. There was a, you know, a Coke machine. So I would put the books that I needed on top of the Coke machine. And when I didn't need, so I would swap them out, you know, when I didn't need right. them. Um which actually cost me quite a bit to graduate because it wasn't going to let me graduate because I, people ended up stealing those books. Of course. So I put them on top of a <laughs> Coke machine. Well, that's all I had. You, <laughs> you know? had a logger, didn't you? No, uh, I don't know. They've never used it. Because <laughs> the I, was, I feel like they assigned me one, but I never, never would use it. I'm pretty sure. Oh, but no, yeah. because when you're an athlete, you know, usually you're, you know, you're, you know, even in college, you know, college athletes don't, you know, hang out with the general population. Mm-hmm. They go to school and then they go right back over to where the athletic department is and right. they pretty much hang out there most of the time. Right. And that's pretty much what we did. So anyways, um, we was, I was down at snow. It was for two a days. Okay. And we was down and we had a good football team too. And we were going back to the school for, um, our, our two a days, which from what I understand, they don't do a two a days in college anymore. And we was going across the street, and this lady locked her door. We were waiting for the light, mm-hmm. um, you know, to go across, you know, to cross the street. And it was me, um, a couple other of my friends. Um, it's, it's probably like four of us. Um, three of us was black, and the other guy was Polynesian. Uh-huh. Okay. Um, and we get there, and she locked her door, right? While she's sitting at the stoplight. While she's sitting at the stoplight. Oh, so I was like, and it didn't dawn on me. And I'm the kind of person, I don't know if it's because I'm a cancer, you know, 
Um, and we something, you know, like we naturally internalize things. So I internalize stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So as I'm going to practice, as I'm in practice, I'm thinking, did she lock her door because of, you know, because of, yep. of, of, of me yeah. or because yep. of us. Mm-hmm. Right. And, you know, um, then I experienced, you know, started to experience more. Didn't, that was the only time down at Ephraim that I experienced it. But then because snow didn't have a track team and, I had to go to UV track was what I was mainly known for. Um, but because snow didn't have a track team, I had to transfer to UVSC, um, to run track in the okay. fall. So I was, or in the, in the, in the, uh, the spring. So I was doing all kinds of stuff, but it was down there that UVSC is Orm. If you never, you know, yeah. Yeah. yeah so Orm, which is, SC, which is, this isn't it now UVU? UVU. Now it's UVU. It was UVSC okay. back, back then. back then. Yeah. All right. Yeah. I yeah. wanted to make sure. Yeah. I was... yeah. Okay. And that Chris, was oh. a completely different, um, yeah, it was, it was, uh, it, that was an education <clears throat> going down to, you, you know, Utah County. And it, it wasn't even a imagine. bad one. It wasn't, I wouldn't even necessarily say that it was a bad education. It was more so just like I was experienced, I was first, it was the first time in my life that I experienced, um, what I heard back then was Molly Mormon. Right. Okay. Oh, yeah. Um, cause in, in Ogden, I mean, you, you know, you go to high school with people that are, you know, that are LDS. Sure. But, you know, they hang out in their circles. We hang out in our circles. Sometimes our circles kind of bleed together, but it was the first time that I really experienced that. And then it was one of the first times in my life where I begin to think, am I somehow changing my personality based off of the people that I'm with? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Uh-huh. Am I somehow altering the way not never not ever you know you know meaning I'm not, I'm not saying like you know i was just thug cat you know what i'm saying i never you know, i'm not a thug that's just not me yeah mm-hmm. you know what i'm saying mm-hmm. you know that's just that's that's not me <laughs> <laughs> i can't even fake it you know what i'm saying i mean, I mean you know i can get hard you know what i'm saying <laughs> but for the most part man I'm, i might be an educated thug or something like that you know like okay. a, a pretty thug you know something like that. <laughs> but you know but anyway but anyways so that was the first time in my life where I started to analyze, am I somehow, is my environment that I'm around somehow changing the way that I interact with people? Absolutely. Right? And then I begin to, you know, also come to the point where am I putting on a show? You know what I'm yeah. saying? Um, I can't and- even imagine. I'm, I'm trying to uh, uh, imagine what that was like. I mm-hmm. go to Utah County mm-hmm. and I'm an outsider. Mm-hmm. You have it way, way different than even myself because I'm not LDS and that is the hub in Utah County already. Orem, right? Orem, yep. I was in Orem. Okay. I was in Orem. So not LDS and you're black. Mm-hmm. Oh, let me tell you something. Holy they, crap. Dude. Listen, not only did I, there was all kinds of outside inferences that I had to deal with. And another one that I had to deal with was being... They tried their best to convert me. I must have been like a prize recruit oh, to them. Shit. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> I must have been like a prize recruit. Get to Heaven Express if we get uh, shot on board. <laughs> real. Listen, they came to my house one time. This is a true story. I had just got back from track practice. And track practice in high school, uh, college was a lot different than track practice in high school. Mm-hmm. You know, because when you're in junior college, when you're junior college football, you compete against other junior colleges, mm-hmm. right? But in junior college track, you don't. The only time you compete with really other junior colleges is at nationals. But any other time, we're competing against BYU, Nebraska, Utah State, heavy USC, hitters. heavy. And you'd go to these track meets, 
And they'd come and they'd have on their full windbreakers and stuff. And, you know, I got these singlets on. I was digging in my butt because you know, it's a junior college. <laughs> That's you know, all you got. Yeah. <laughs> you know? But so I remember I come back from, I come back from, um, track practice and I'm exhausted. These missionaries come knock on my door, you know, good dude. They were good dudes. And they was like, you know what? <laughs> we want you to come. Just, this is a true story. Um, and I'm trying my best not to laugh. <laughs> <laughs> I'll laugh for you. Oh. So we go, he was like, do you, do you want to go to a fireside? And I was like, yes, I do. <laughs> I don't even know what that means. I okay. do want to go to a fireside. I say yes. I know what it is. Okay. Continue. So he was like, do you want to go to a fireside? Hell and yeah. Coming from Ogden, you know, we were right by Pineview. As yep. you know, you know, so Ben Loma's literally the closest high school to Pineview. So we were right down 12th Street. Pineview's the dam and stuff like that. You yeah. go hang out when you, especially in spring, you slough school, go hang out at Pineview. So I was like, a fireside? Now that sounds like something that, you know, that I'm used to. A bonfire. That's what I'm assuming. That's what I thought it was too. Oh no. So we, oh, they no. come, it's not the same. <laughs> they oh, come and pick geez. me up. They're dressed up and I got on flip flops. I got on sandals and, um, I'm like, what kind of fireside are we going to? <laughs> you, know what I'm like, you know, I ain't never seen nothing like this in my whole life. I'm like, what kind of fireside is this? You know, this is going to be something new. Uh. Um, so there's like, no, it's a church thing. You know, it, you know, it's a church thing. It's, you know, it's, um, you know, it's, it's where you go and you, you know, you, you know, what, whatever, you know, what you probably yep. know more about it. I, needless to say, I didn't end up going. I was upset because I, you know, they, they, you know, they hoodwinked me. Right. So you didn't um, go. I did not go. I did Good not for go. You. But that was, you just saw the way they were dressed and you're like, I'm out. Uh-uh. No, because I was upset. I was like, you like, now if you, if they would have told me, you know, like they said, fireside. So in my mind, I didn't want to ask any questions because the first thing I thought of what well, we used to do in high school and that we used to hang out. Yep. And that's what I thought. Fun. I was like, let's go. I was fairly new to the town. Um, etc. Um, so that was one time, and then another time they came and they bought pizza and stuff like that. But there was one time, this is my first experience with cops, and oh, since yeah, well, then, that's a whole new yep. I've had mm-hmm. a lot of experience with you know with cops, um, for some of the kind of issues that we that's currently going on right now. So it was me and another, it was me and one of my teammates. And his, you know, good dude. Um, and we, there was this club in Orem at, in Provo. It was in Provo called the Omni, right? The Omni. It's okay. downtown Provo. And he, his dad, um, had a, 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 a loaner car that was a Volvo, uh-huh. right? And a so. A club in what sense? It's a bar. It actually it was actually a really fun club. It's a, there is no bar. It was no bar. There's no bar. I have to Provo. ask. When you say club, I, I think, is it, it a bar or is it just a, Utah County get together. 18 and older. Okay. It was 18 and older. So it was a club, but people used to come to this club all the way from Ogden to go to Omni. Oh, right on. Um, That's how popular I think it was. Anyway, so, you know, we're at, we're in the club. We're having a good time and we come outside. Mine, so it's me, Anthony, and one of his friends that are from, you know, Orem that had beer. Mm -hmm. And at that time I didn't drink. I I, I didn't drag, I drank in high school, Mm -hmm. you know, but I was new to college. So I was trying to figure the, you know, the whole thing out. Right. And so the beer was on, you know, the left side. His friend was in the passenger seat. We got pulled over. Right. Okay. And we're, we're standing there 
And the cop is in my grill about as close as I am to this microphone. Yeah. And I'm looking straight ahead and I keep trying to like back up. Right. <laughs> I keep trying to back. My friends are giving, you know, Anthony, you know, my buddy's giving them all his information. He's giving my information. I, you know, I didn't have no, I didn't have a driver's license because I, I just never had a driver. Didn't have the money in high school to, you know, you you know go through driver's so ed. Why drive? Didn't have a car. Yeah. Um, so we go through the process. The cop is all up in my grill. And so finally, I said, officer, uh, your breath stinks. And I need <laughs> back up off me, please. Ooh. And he was like, he was like, I'm going gonna, I'm, I'm gonna to throw you in jail. It's in my face. And it was probably like 15 cop cars for two college athletes mm-hmm. and um, a younger guy, right? Mm-hmm. Well, he was old enough because he was old enough to have beer. Right. Um, so anyways, so to make a long story short, they kept antagonizing, antagonizing, antagonizing mm-hmm. to the point to where they charged me with illegal possession of alcohol. Wow. I never had alcohol. Right. The, the alcohol was mine. The, in fact, the dude, they were locking the guy up because he confessed to the, that the alcohol was his. Yeah. Right? right. He confessed. It's like, it's mine. Whatever. They was getting ready to take take him down. Excuse me. I don't pull the thing out. But he wasn't contributing, right? Yeah. So, um yeah, well, I can't remember what you what you had asked. What I asked was, so they're, they're arresting the guy that was so of they arre- age. They arrest- was contributing to you. So how could they arrest him? What what law did he break? They was arrest- arresting him because he was a minor. He was oh, a minor, he so he wasn't twenty one. Oh, he wasn't twenty one. Neither none of us was. Okay, and he had confessed to it. And the reason why um, they had, you know. You know, putting arrested me is because they said, "Can you remember?" They asked me, "Can you remember the address of the the apartment you're staying at?" Hell no! And I was like, "I just got down here." (laughs) I was like, "I just got down here. I know it's in Orm. It's right across the street from UVSE. Um, I just got here." Mm -hmm. And he was like, "You're being, you, you know, you're acting belligerent. Have you been drinking?" I said, "I, I have not been drinking. I ended up in handcuffs. I'm down in the Provo, the Utah County Jail." Right, charged with the legal possession of alcohol mm-hmm. when I did not have any alcohol, and at that time I didn't drink. Um, um, and it was I ended up getting off. You know, I ended up getting off, but I had to fight. And the whole time I'm thinking in the back of my head, this is it. They're gonna pull my scholarship. I'm not gonna be. I'm not gonna yeah. be able to run track no more. That was that's what was going through my head the whole time. Sure. Yeah, and that was one of many things that we currently see happening now. You know. Um, and even to this day, when I walk, when I drive around and I see officers, mm. cops, it makes me nervous. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Because I'm thinking if they see, you know, granted, they're probably going to see nice car, right? Mm. Nice cars, but they're mm-hmm. going to see my black head <laughs> driving <laughs> that nice car. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. They're going to see this black head and they're going to be like, you know, they're going to pull me over. And I'm also comfortable with that because it's happened to me. The only difference is between me and the the people that are you know that that's happened to us. I'm still here to tell about it, mm-hmm. right. but it's happened to me in like living in Orem to the point to where me and the judge became good friends. So true story. I'll tell you another another one. We're on our we're in on our way down to the Windsong movie theater, right? And the Windsong is in Provo, okay. um, in a city called or in a community called the River Bottoms. Very affluent. Mm-hmm. Um, in fact, I think the Osmonds live down there. Very affluent. So we're headed down, I think it's University Boulevard, leave goes down into the uh, the river bottoms. Sure. And um, I, I, at the time, I had this ES300 Lexus. 
Lexus, not Alexis, uh, <laughs> not the name. Um, and this cop is pulling. So the cop is turning left and I'm turning right. Okay. Going down university. Uh-huh. Right. True story. And so we're heading down university and I know the cop is there. Right. I've been through this before. Uh-huh. So I'm automatically foot off the gas and the cop is going, you know, I think the speed limit on that road was like 35. So cop is going ahead of me. Right. He's, you know, he's a good distance ahead of me. All of a sudden, it gets to the point to where now, you know, the cop is in back of me. They didn't even give him the opportunity to pull me over. I just said, just, just, just go ahead. Just, you know, they didn't even give him the opportunity to turn the lights on. I said, I'm a, I'm a veteran at this by this time. Um, and so, you know, I, you know, I pull over and um, he comes to the window and I said, why'd you pull me over for? I pulled you over for speeding going through a school zone. I was like, you mean a school zone that you was... <laughs> you, the school's on that you passed me going through sure. right um and so i'm getting belligerent and i'm upset you know what i'm saying because i understand why they pull me over right so other cop cars pull me over mind you we're kind of in an upper middle class you know community and i i turn around and one of the officers is getting ready to tase me Good right Lord. getting ready to tase me didn't get tased never been tased before um so you could see him i can see him he's he's pointing it at me He's pointing yeah. it at my back. And mind you, I had, it's my son in the car. Um, and at that time, my girlfriend, his mother, mm-hmm. um, in the car, <laughs> went down, you know, went down there to run track, came back and had kids. Okay. Um, from UBS. <laughs> okay. Totally different story. For another day. Different story. <laughs> different episode. But anyways, um, so they charged me with disorderly con, or no, it was a disorderly conduct. Um, Basically, for making a scene in public, they charged me for speeding through a school zone, and they charged me from um, noise violation or something like that because I was loud. Somebody in the somebody in the community complained. That's what they said. That's what the cop said. I was like, "How fast would you know?" I'm literally going. I'm giving the cop the business. You would have to be <laughs> shouting at the top of your lungs for anybody exactly. to. For hours before they ever, like, no cop well, that, is that fast. Well, that's what I'm telling cop. I'm like, you mean to tell me that somebody, they know the cops are out here and somebody called and complained. So we go, I go to jail. Um, or I didn't go to, yeah, I did go to jail at that time. So I went to jail and that's just because you need to cool down. So, you know, they, t- they let me out of jail. This is an Orem. Okay. Um, and I go to court. I have my date with the court, Judge Bachman. Right, Judge Bach, the guy. I know the guy's name. Names, <laughs> hell yeah, you know his name. It's, I know his it's name. hilarious, but it's so name sad. Drop. It's so sad that, that that had to happen. Like that, you had to, like you, you got to know a judge. Because yeah, this happened so many times. So many times. So I knew the judge, and I was upset. Didn't have an attorney because I didn't have the money to have an attorney because I was stealing, you know, college a starving student like we all were at some point. Dang it, I keep doing that. It's, it's all okay. good, man. We're getting Keep, nobody else can hear you, so it's totally fine. Keep going. Sorry, I keep pulling the thing out of my ear, listeners, because <laughs> um, I'm so animated. <laughs> Anyways, so um, we get to the, the court and courthouses. That day, a lot of people got traffic violations okay. leading up to that because this place was packed. So they had to meet their quota. That they did. They did. They got it. Um, so. In my mind, I was thinking, I'm going to use this court. I'm going to use everybody in here mm-hmm. to get me off of this. So um, the officer, uh, so we get there, and, you know, I'm talking to Bachman, who he'd seen me many a times before, uh, for, you know, and he was like, uh, why are you here? So I told him why I was here, 
And I said, he, you know, he got me for speeding going through a school zone. The only problem is he caught, he was, he was be going before me in a school zone. I pulled out of the, uh, out of the, uh, um, the Smith's uh, grocery store, because it was a Smith's on that street, mm-hmm. and he was pulling out of the police station at the same time. And I deliberately, um, Your Honor, um, was going slow because I knew that he was going to see me and there was going to be a chance I was going to get pulled over. Yeah. Yep. So I'm driving slow. He's going before me. He was speeding. He was going. He was ahead of me going through the school zone. So, mind you, the courtroom was packed, right? Yeah. And so I'm looking at, you know, you know, uh, Judge Bachman. I'm like, Judge Bachman, what do you think that is? If I got pulled over, he was going to the school zone. Why? I mean, why was what was the other reason that he could have pulled me over? Right. And people in the background was, you know, in the courtroom, because I was using these people to help me get off this case. They didn't know it, but they was a part of it. Um, and he was like, I know what it is. Somebody in the background was like, I know what it is. You was discriminated against. Right. <laughs> yes. And wiping up from the back, which I was. I ended up getting off throughout all those charges. Never. I never went to court. And Bachman pulls, you know, this is the first time that I've seen this. Um, he pulls me, pulls me. He says, you know, you know, you can approach the bench, pulls me to the side, covers the microphone, and he's like, I'm sorry you went through that. This is a judge in Utah County. I don't know if he's still judge. What year is this? this is, so I can ask. For all um, the listeners, I wanted to know the year too. Go ahead. Yeah. Sorry. Uh, this is probably like uh, 2000, 2002. Okay. Between, it's either between 2000 and 2002. Okay. Uh-huh. So the sentence, you, the sentence you just said, this was 2000. This was in a courtroom with a white judge. Mm-hmm. In the Utah whitest county, county in Utah, which mm-hmm. By I don't far. know if you can really uh, revel in that situation, but that's heavy. It was heavy. That's super heavy for that judge to pull you aside and say, I'm sorry to you. That, it, that doesn't seem like the norm. It, it was not the norm. Um, and not only did he say that when I left the courtroom, people who were still waiting for their name to be called came out of the courtroom uh-huh. and they said, I'm sorry you went through that. Oh. Right. I'm sorry that you had to go through that. Do you remember those people? I, I I remember. I don't remember their names, but I do remember. I do remember. You them. can't forget. Do you remember the people that spoke up and said, this is bullshit. You were discriminated against. Do you remember those people? Um, No, because I was my back was to them. OK. You know what I'm saying? They, the courtroom was packed. It was so packed. Yeah. And, you know, I'm glad I had time because usually because my last name is E, Um, you know, begins with the E. So. I, you know, you never it's know when you go to. It's alphabetical. It's it's all alphabetical. So I yeah. knew when I was looking at the court, I was like, "Oh, this is gonna be great." You know what I'm saying? This is great. You know, <laughs> welcome to Sean Show. This is the Sean Show, and and it worked out. Um, but you know, so you know that was some, you know, that was some of the stuff. And I will tell you this: that issue and so many other issues, not that one because I, you know, that one, you know, it worked out in my favor. But there was other issues that I went through. And when it comes to being a black person and especially in a, a neighborhood like this, this is, you know, I feel fortunate enough. I'm um, coming from where I came from. Um, I don't know how you, you know, how you, um, refer to this neighborhood, but I refer to this neighborhood as more middle to upper middle class. You know, I this is upper, I agree. Mm-hmm. upper middle class. And for, you know, this black cat to be in this upper middle class community. Right. When I had all these odds stacked against me, when I mean mm-hmm. odds, I was getting pulled over, but I, I was getting, pulled, you know, cause I was driving. I had you know, drive, you know, I, you know, at the time I was driving, I didn't have any license. Right. You know what I'm saying? I was living in Utah County. Um, it was just, it was just me and, um, the girl I was dating at the time. And, you know, I was starting to get pulled over, you know, for DWB driving while black, 
but I was giving them a reason now to take me to jail yeah, because I, I didn't have what well, I mean didn't have a license. because I didn't have a license. Yeah. Right. So that ended up costing me down like years down the road thousands of dollars. Yeah. <laughs> thousands of dollars to you know you know to get back on track. Right. So 2000 um so I, I've got a couple of things. One, I have mm-hmm. a lot. Of I, well, we got a lot of things, and we, we are well over time. But so everyone knows we are going to go as long as this takes. So this could be a really long. I, I don't want you guys to. You know, my, hopefully, we're gaining viewers. That's my goal. That's you know what I'm saying? Goal. Absolutely. I don't only consider Ryan a neighbor, but I consider him a friend because he's a friend of somebody I went to high school with. And when you're next door neighbors to somebody, you just can't be their neighbor. You know what I'm saying? You kind of, kind of, you know, you whatever. Have to be tight. And I'm <laughs> awesome. Kinda, kinda, I mean, come on. And he's pretty cool. Come and on. he's going to help me put that storage, wow. you know, that, that trampoline down. <laughs> Chris, you shut the fuck up. Okay. <laughs> this podcast is dead without you. Okay. Um, no, a couple of things. No, to, to get back on track, because mm-hmm. I, I honestly think this is super important. And we got to bring up the the whole issue because you are a dad, you are a father. Mm -hmm. I want to know about your family too. We got to talk about Mm -hmm. my kids and how I love that I live in such a diverse neighborhood with the Sanchez's down the street, Mm -hmm. with Sean as my next door neighbor. It gives me so many opportunities to talk to my children. But again, back to what my point was, I grew up here as well. I'm originally from Minnesota. I I came here as a six-year-old, much like you did when you were five. My experience, I am so not proud is not the right word, but I'm so happy that you didn't have that experience in high school that I thought for sure you would have had. Nope. And it, it took till college until too. that actually happened. Yep. I had fun in high school. Yeah. It was, it was, it was, it should have been a sin for how much fun I had. In high <laughs> Hell no. That's what high school is supposed to be. I, I had a blast. <laughs> Me too, man. That was great. Um, should we take a break? Let's take a break and okay. come back. Um, I've got we'll some continue. questions, and uh, we'll go from there. Okay. All right. We'll, we'll be back in a bit. Five. And we're back. Thanks for uh, being patient. Of course, for you, it was one second. For us, it could have been hours. You don't know. Days. <laughs> Welcome back to the Dead Life Podcast. <laughs> talking about Black Lives Matter, we have my neighbor, Sean, awesomely has come to talk about uh, his experience growing up, especially here in Utah. Um, the question I have for you, Sean, and I want to bring this up first and foremost before I forget and we don't get to it. And then, uh, Chris, mm-hmm. I want you to ask, cause I know you have a lot of questions yourself mm-hmm. is I heard this when this whole thing started. Cause again, I'm from Minnesota. This whole thing started, it didn't start in Minnesota. Let's be clear. This has been going on for decades, mm-hmm. but Minnesota was the, the catapult towards what we're dealing with now, mm-hmm. uh, in, in the black lives matter movement. So for me, from being a Minnesotan, it was it, it actually struck me pretty hard because I always thought Minnesota was Minnesota nice, right? That's what you always hear, Minnesota nice. Yeah, me, yeah, and I, 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 I've never been to Minnesota myself, but I tend to agree that you know when they had this issue, and they had that Philando Castile issue, mm-hmm. um, just a couple years before, two or three years before. So for that, you know, for is that what? Popped off in Ferguson? Is that where? No, that's about? not Ferguson. That's in St. Louis. Okay. Um, but yep, something you know uh, popped off in Ferguson where a cop killed, um, a, you know, a guy in St. Louis. I've been in Ferguson before. It's pretty rough in yeah. Ferguson. So, um, but for, um, and I, I don't know if you, you didn't if, if if you didn't finish your question, but Keep for going. them to be, to but for Minneapolis mm-hmm. to be the epicenter of. Uh, the racial tension, and like I said, they had Philando Castillo there like two or three years ago, and then George Floyd a couple months ago. Mm-hmm. It's interesting. 
Very you interesting. Know, it's very interesting. Especially because only because I did my undergrad work in East Tennessee mm-hmm. in the South where I first experienced racism mm-hmm. and growing up in Utah, you just don't, mm-hmm. right? Especially as a white, white man, it's mm-hmm. just not going to happen for me here. And I didn't experience until I got to the South where I truly saw racism at its core. And so me always thinking, okay, if, if anything's going to pop off, it's going to happen in Georgia in Atlanta, it's going to happen in, you know, any of those states. Um, yeah. Anyway, my question was. Yeah, that's the, a great observation, by yeah. the way. Yeah, that's a great observation. That's immediately what I thought. But um, my question was, I heard this, and I, and I just wanted to ask your opinion. There is no right or wrong. Uh-huh. I wanted to ask your opinion. I heard that if, as a white man saying African-American is not necessarily the correct way because not everyone is from Africa. Mm-hmm. So if I talk to a Jamaican and I say, oh, you're an African-American male, that's not actually correct. He's a Jamaican. Mm-hmm. That has nothing to do with Africa. Mm-hmm. So it really made me think because I've never, ever thought that in my life. I always thought, okay, just to be politically correct, I'm going to say African-American and that's the way it's going to be. But the, the, the black man who was saying this was saying, no, black would be the preferred way to say it mm-hmm. because we are all black. I agree with him. Okay. <clears throat> so – um, that the term African American is what was what was given to blacks at that time. That was a word that had derived from somewhere else, right? Like let's be real, like that you know that word was derived from the N word, mm-hmm. right? And then eventually it became African American. But when you go to fill out an application or something like that, mm-hmm. then that what what are you going to see on there? You're going to see African American, right? What are you also going to see on there is Hispanic. Mm-hmm. Right? Do you identify with being African American or do you identify with being Hispanic? Mm-hmm. Right? If you talk to Hispanics, they don't go by, they don't like being called Hispanic. They like being called Latino. Latinos. You're either Latina, Latino, or Latino. Like if you're talking to them as a group, it's Latino. If it's a female, it's Latina, or male, it's Latino. Mm-hmm. Um, because I've never been to Africa before. Right. I don't consider myself to be an African American. <laughs> right. So when somebody yeah. says, why don't you go back to Africa? If you would have said, why don't you go back to Boston? I'm like, you know what? You, you might got something. <laughs> you might have something. You, know what I'm you might have some, but I personally never been to Africa. Um, and because of that, you know, I tend to identify more with being black. Okay. You know, okay. Thank you for that because I always felt uncomfortable i'm not gonna lie i felt uncomfortable mm-hmm. saying black well when you say it if you do say african because you probably will at some point because yeah. it's make sure you go in just say african-american don't say african-american because then it sounds like you, yep. you know but one thing that you brought up that i wanted to touch on was is you said that you thought when you was in school in a school in the south that you felt like people and that's where if there was going to be a racial uprising, it was going to be in the South. 100%. Right? Yep. That is not the truth. Nope. And I'll tell you why. And as you know, having lived in the South, and I hate to, I hate to say this, but it's like people know their place in the South. Yeah. What I mean by that is, um, so I used to live in, I used to live in Texas, Houston. Mm-hmm. And actually it was outside of Houston, it was in a town called Webster, Texas, or also known as NASA. Nassau okay. Bay, because NASA is in Webster, Texas. So, okay. you know, the Space yep. Command, even though Cape Canaveral were the spaceship. Anyways, um, so I was in a Buffalo Wild Wings. I love Buffalo Wings, just so you know, right? Okay. 
And we was in this Buffalo Wild Wings. And I was just talking freely. I was having a good time. I was had a couple drinks. <laughs> you know, it was different than the Buffalo Wild Wings in Utah because they didn't have the whole Iron Curtain thing. So I was doing good. I was living right. Thank God, that, thank God that's gone. <laughs> right. <laughs> well, some places haven't changed it yet. Just for the simple fact, I think they feel like it's more, um, more of an issue to change it right. than it is. So, like, we went to... Um, Outback Steakhouse the other day. They mm-hmm. still, you know, they still don't show their display their alcohol. But I'm actually. Oh God, it's yeah. so abrasive. <laughs> Sorry to offend anyone. No, you you definitely don't <laughs> offend really me. Offended you me. definitely don't offend me. Such an ass. Um, but we was in this, you know, we was in this Buffalo Wild Wings. I was having a good time. I was talking. I was loosey goosey as you get when you you know tend to drink, yeah. right? And this guy comes up to me. This is a black cat, and he comes up to me and he says, "I could tell you're not from Texas." And he said, and I said, you're right. How could you tell? And he said, because you're too free. Whoa. And I said, what do you mean by I'm too free? He said, you're too free. Right. And as I began to work in Texas, I began, because I was down there, I was working. And as I began to talk to some of the people and I realized I knew what he talked, I knew what he was talking about. And that is something that still happens in the South mm-hmm. where black people and white and it's really only black and white you know what right. i'm saying you don't you know get too many in between mm-hmm. in the south and that's and that's including houston on i don't necessarily consider dallas the south but houston on would be considered the south but people are too like they're more they know where they are yep. like they know their place whereas you know if you come out if you go out to california the western states are like you know the eastern states but then once you start getting into the middle states that's when it begins more you know like more um, even though the, there's still an undercurrent of, you know, your place, right? Right. I've seen it in Texas. I remember I was, you know, in somebody's house in Texas and she had these Confederate flags and, you know, the, the, the Confederate flags, um, you know, it, it's not, you know, it's not something that I, you know, I don't, I don't necessarily care about it. And I'm like, why am I in your house? I'm just talking to the, I'm like, why am I here? You know what I'm saying? Like, I shouldn't be here. Mm-hmm. And she says, oh, I'm just a daughter of the Confederacy. But that doesn't mean she had Confederate. She had a little, she had a little, you know, you know, little statue, little, you know, dolls with the Confederate holding everywhere. Yeah. Right. And this is in Alvin, Texas, by the way, which is Alvin is where, um, what's the Nolan Ryan is from, okay. you know? Okay. And, um, anyways, and, but it's just more of an undercurrent. Like, you know, your place. Mm-hmm. Whereas I went down there, I didn't know my place. I was like, you know, I'm, you know, just cause in Utah, I'm American. Yeah. I'm, you know, I'm American. Oh. I'm like, you know, in, in, being out on the West coast and coming from the East coast and going back and forth to the East coast and stuff like that, you're taught to be more, you know, outgoing and talkative and, mm-hmm. you know, what have you. It's not like that. You know what I'm saying? Yep. Down in, you know, the, Texas, and as you start to get up more into those, the what I refer to as the Bible Belt, yeah, including Tennessee. Mm-hmm. So you're right. You know, um, it is a people still know their place in those towns. And I would even go far as to say that the, the segregation lines are still very much so in the South. Mm-hmm. You have black neighborhoods, mm-hmm. you have white neighborhoods, mm-hmm. and I never experienced that until I went to the South. Mm-hmm. I mean. Again, I'm from Utah. We were 99% white. I'm from New York, and it's still the same, it's, right? No, no, no. It's very much where I grew up. It's black and white. Black and, and white in Buffalo? Absolutely. Which? Um, and, so, ahead, Chris. so it, I, that wasn't a revelation to me that I, uh-huh. I experienced later in life. That's just 
how things were set up. It was just those boundaries, you know what I mean? We had a small black community in our in our white high school in our white neighborhoods growing up. Um, I, I just hate that we're here in 2020 still having this conversation. Yeah. Well, you know, one thing that I it's am so thankful ridiculous. for. Oh, my gosh. One thing that I'm thankful for is the opportunity. I almost did that thing again, by the way. Sorry. <laughs> third don't time, I swear. I'm Nobody knows unless you call it out. <laughs> yeah. No one knows. They don't know. They can't see you. You just can't hear There's yourself. There's no video. So keep talking. Okay. You're good. Um, all right. My bad. <laughs> I was good, up there man. going. Any which ways. Um, I'm glad that I have the opportunity to talk about it. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? Because... It's easy. It's the you know the easiest thing for us to do is to go about our work day knowing our day knowing mm-hmm. that there is no issue when there really is an issue. You know it's what I'm saying? Huge. Yeah. It's you an know, elephant in the room, but it's easier not to talk about it, man. It's, it's easy not easier. to talk about it, and it's harder for me. You know what I'm saying? You know to go about my day and to not talk about it. Because it's constantly, I constantly, you know, see things like I'm constantly faced, whether I'm at the grocery store, whatever it may be, I'm kind of faced with that. You know what I'm saying? And I know that I'm an exception to the rule, right? You know, as an ambassador of all black people, I, you know, I bring something different to the table because a lot of times when people, you know, I'm around people, they've never been around a black person like me. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? They've never, he's different. You know what I'm saying? He's, you know, he's. He's articulate, you know, whatever, all kinds of crazy stuff. Uh, You know what I'm saying? But one thing that I love about being in this community is as we was driving, he was driving into the community one day. It's probably like a week and a half, two weeks ago. No, like three weeks ago. hmm. And we see one of our neighbors with a Black Lives Matter banner outside her front. Yes. And... And I understand the situation there. I understand that, you know, they have children, but, but they didn't have to do that. They didn't have to do that. Yeah. Right. And that to me was out. Like that was a big deal. A that big made me here. feel more. And, you know, I've seen that. That's not the only one. I've even in, and I, I, I you know, feel like our community is a very affluent. Um, it's very, you know, it's, you know, everybody in this community is doing all right. Doing okay. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Middle class. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's not bad. It's not bad. not bad. But I've been to communities where all the houses in Utah were like million dollar homes mm-hmm. and I still seen Black Lives Matter. Mm-hmm. So people in Utah care. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And even as the racial uprising was coming about, you know what? People were coming, people were bringing stuff by our house, right? <laughs> you know, people, somebody even brought a bouquet of flowers by our house. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? People were doing all kinds of, What do you, you know, say to that? What do well, you they say were, to They that? weren't stopping and talking. They were just leaving it. You know what I'm saying? They weren't saying, hey, I'm, I'm sorry. But, you know, just the act of kindness. And for me, it was like, they care. Like, you're not just... You know, somebody paying your mortgage each month. Mm-hmm. You know, I, you know, we people have. Um, so you've appreciated that. I've appreciated taking that. it to the heart because, like I said before, it would be the easiest thing to do is to go about your work day um, and have it, <clears throat> or go about your day and have it not affect you at all because mm-hmm. it doesn't necessarily need to affect you. Right. My wife and I, we were looking at homes. You know, there's this thing going on um, in Utah right now in, in Layton called the Parade of Homes, and so we were in. Um, Mountain Green, uh-huh. right? You, have you guys been to Mountain Green? Well, I have. It's yeah. gorgeous I up there. I know some families yep. there. It is beautiful. Like, the mountains are right there. Mm-hmm. Brand new community. We're looking at this house. And I remember I was thinking to myself, 
these, especially these people. And Leighton is different because of the military base. So chances are you're that going to. That brings a lot of diversity. Yes. Leighton is, I would say, kind of secular, kind of different mm-hmm. than the rest of Davis mm-hmm. County. Wouldn't you guys agree? To I, was, that? I agree. 100%. 100%. Yeah. 100%. And I used to live in Salt Lake. Yeah. And there would be times when I would be driving around Salt Lake City where I can go a whole week or two without seeing another black person. Mm-hmm. But because of the military base mm-hmm. in Layton, you know, you can go around and you can see more of us. But when we were in this community in um, 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 Mountain Green, mm-hmm. beautiful community. Mm-hmm. And I told my wife, I was like, Black Lives Matter does not. They, if they chose to, right, it wouldn't aff- it wouldn't need to affect them. At all. If they chose to completely block it out and say, I don't know if they ignored Mm -hmm. it, right? Which is the bad thing to do because it's constantly in our face. And this is what people think. People think that, you know what? It's going to die down. It's going to go away. It is not going to go away. I hope people don't think that. (laughs) No, and that's, and that's why we're having these conversations. So this right now, what we're doing, we're having this conversation, Mm -hmm. um, is something that's, Everybody's going to end up having sooner or later. You're, it's it's going to be in your face. Either you're going to choose to realize that we're all different. Yep. No matter what color you are, no matter how good you smell, because I know I smell good because I got 40 <laughs> different shades of cologne at home. Right. <laughs> you know, I know I smell good. This one today. I compliment um, you on you know, that today. Yeah. This one is Issy Miyake, if you want to know, you know, <laughs> listeners. You know, but I do. <laughs> I was wondering. <laughs> but it's constantly going to be in your face and people need to understand that uh, you know that difference being different is okay because if we were all the same it would not be fun yeah, right it would be stale as hell yeah and you know by the way i want to make i want to make uh i want to make uh, uh you know con- i want to have a confession i never told this to the person but when we was moving into this community, when we was building our house, when it was getting done, we was coming out of the neighborhood one time and we seen these black kids, you know. And I was like, there's another couple like us. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> you know? Right? And so. That's, because it's not something you're going to see. This is probably the whitest state in the union, man. It is. But, but But you know what the funny thing is? Is it's one of the most accepting states I've been to. Utah is. I can't That's even, a true story. I can't Which makes me really that. happy. I, it really I, does. It does too, but it would have not been my assumption. Nope. That's it is more than you got to realize. So a lot of the people who are LDS here, a lot of them went to missions in places like, let's say, Detroit or well, something like that. They got a little bit of real world yep. culture. Yeah, and living in Utah County gave me an education as it was giving them an education. And to this day, some of my closest friends um, are what is referred to in Utah as Molly Mormon. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. you know, straight lace, but they're really just genuinely good nice people. people. Yeah. But what I was saying was, is when we was moving into the neighborhood and I saw these people <laughs> into in the community and I was like, oh my gosh. And my wife's like, is your mother, can you go get your mother? Right. Is your mother here? Yeah. And like, the little girl was like, yeah, go get my mother. <laughs> and then so the white mo- lady, <laughs> the white yeah. lady, she comes out and, <laughs> and <laughs> I can only imagine how my face looked. <laughs> I was like, hey. Oh, hey, <laughs> this is not what I was expecting at all. <laughs> True story. Uh, oh, shit. But end up, but that is one of the people in the community that... Um, Let me give a little backstory to what you're talking about, mm-hmm. okay? And I'm not going to name any names. There mm-hmm. is a family, sure. uh, uh, a white husband and wife that adopted two black girls. And mm-hmm. that's the, the, the family that you came in encountering <laughs> with. And Yeah, so I can't even imagine. And they're good people. 
You know what I'm oh, saying? Yeah. So, absolutely, <laughs> man. So but that I, just was funny. I yep. do have to get to my second question, then I'll be done, Chris. I'm, I know you got questions too. So my second question, Sean, and I, I have sat down and had this conversation with my kids multiple times, but I would I would ask, as a white man, what should I be telling my white kids about what's happening, about how to to react to it? I mean, again, they're seven and ten. So their brains, you know, aren't, they've not been exposed to racism like everyone else has, right? Mm-hmm. So I want to give them the path. And again, when I, when I met you, when I met your wife, I was so excited to have diversity in this neighborhood because it brings the opportunity to bring this conversation to my children to say, look, the world is not white. Everyone is different. Everyone has their own thing. And you got to accept people for who they are and not what they look like. That's a great, great, great question. <clears throat> so my background, for the most part, comes from sales, even though I am in corporate training now. But my background, everything that I've done comes from from sales. Um, some of the people, some of the best salespeople I've seen are white cats. Right. Mm-hmm. And they're the kind that just naturally don't have an issue with color. You when they get around people of color, they're like, you know, hey, they can talk it. You know what I'm saying? It's not like they're, hey, what's up, homie? You know what I'm saying? Stuff like that. But they can talk it, and then they know how to turn it on, and you know, you know, they know how to go in between. I firmly believe that children, you know, the younger they realize that there are difference, the more it's like speaking another language, Mm -hmm. right? So if you speak, you know, if you, you know, like you, you know, if you, you know, if you can, if you're bilingual you probably would make more money on a job because you can reach greater amount of people. Mm-hmm. The more children and the younger children are to um, realize that cold, you know, that they're different cultures and that just because they look different than you, they might cook different food. Cause I know I love me some collard greens. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I'm just saying, um, I'm not saying just saying. <laughs> okra, fried okra, yeah. fried okra, all that good stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Sweet tea, even though I'm 40 now, so I got to watch that cause high blood pressure. Um, <laughs> Any which ways, but the more that they are, the younger that they're exposed to those kind of things, mm-hmm. then when they get to high school, when they get to college, when they get to out in the professional world, if they don't go to college, whatever, um, then they realize that they're more marketable, right? Because they can communicate to a greater amount, a great majority. So, like I mentioned earlier, um, I heard this term when I was in sales, give yourself the best odds, Right. Okay. When you're when you're when you're dealing with kids, give them the best odds. Leading, getting to know other cultures, right, and to work with other cultures, is just like them learning another language, and it's only going to help them better. Because then, when they are around black people, like say they're in a grocery, <laughs> they're in a grocery store or in a convenience store, <laughs> see a black cat pull up behind them, uh-huh. and they're thinking they're not like, oh my gosh, this dude's about to rob me. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. So when you let them know that at an early age, if you put them on and just under, let them understand that people are different, no yep. matter what they are, but doesn't mean that they're any more different than you. And then, you know, you, you and the reason why I say this is because I come from a firsthand experience. Like I said, the growing up in Utah, some of my closest friends were white. Yeah. And friends that I'm fr- friends with to today, to this day, mm-hmm. one of my closest friends is actually um, the vice president of uh, Market Star. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, he does very well, mm-hmm. right? 
And he's one of my closest friends to this day. This guy meets a whole bunch of different people. And that's how I prefer it. I prefer not only to be around black people, not only to be around white people, but in a place where white people and black people can go coexist where we can hang out. We can laugh. We just know that one another are different. Yep. Right. We talk different. We do things different. We might even pass gas different. Right. <laughs> I don't think that's any different. That's the name of the episode. But, uh, pass gas different. <laughs> I think that's the title. <laughs> Please don't put that there, but it sounds like that's a good what's idea. Happening. I've already put it. But pass it's difference. Different. In fact, when I was in college, there was this term called difference, which is like difference, but it's spelled different. And getting to know different people, hanging out with people of, of, of different cultures. And that's that's one of the reasons why I love the West Coast, because the West Coast is different. I love California. I love, love L.A., mm-hmm. right? Because L.A. is a is a melting pot of a whole con- a whole bunch of different people yep. that just genuinely like to hang out and, and just ha- enjoy one another. Sure. Right. And smoke weed. And smoke, <laughs> smoke a lot of weed. Yeah, <laughs> and it's cool. And it's it's perfectly legal, you know. I Thank hope that you. answered your question. No, it absolutely did. Thank you. And I think, Chris, I'm going to let you go, I promise. Okay. Um, I think it's important that my kids, I, I honestly want to invite your family over just to have that conversation. Mm-hmm. Just to be like, look, this is Sean. This is his family. And they're humans. We shouldn't ever look at it as they're different, right? You are different. But in the fact that we're all humans and you have mm-hmm. a different culture, you have different things, and that's okay. And it's not it's not a dividing point. It should never have been a dividing point. It and doesn't even have to be no – and you have to excuse my vernacular, but it doesn't even have to be a thing. Yeah. Right? We're just different. Yep. You know what I'm saying? Just like you two were different. You got hair. Chris He's doesn't have as hair. Fuck. Look right. at him. <laughs> B-A-F. Bald is beautiful. Thank you, Michael Jordan, for making this shit cool. Because sure did. Man. Because you're bald. Because I'm bald. He's, got, he's cleaned up. Yeah. Things clean. All right, Chris, go ahead. I'm done. Um, I think most of my questions have been answered through just the conversations we've been having. And I touched on it earlier that the fact that we still have to have this conversation now in the day we are in, in the technological advances that our species has come to that we're still divided enough to have to have these conversations. It makes uh, a great weight on my shoulder and gives me a a horrible feeling in the pit of my stomach that we still have to have these conversations because although we're different, we have different experiences, different cultures, all of that stuff. We're still human beings, man. And yes, we're Americans. Let's think about that more broad. We're all human beings on this planet. Mm-hmm. What the hell is the problem with um, the petty bullshit that we're dealing with today? The things that we're talking about are learned and they're taught. Mm-hmm. Okay, um, I am so lucky that I was brought up in a in a, a household in a family that I wasn't taught mm-hmm. racism. Um, my grandmother, Grandma Kay, and Grandpa Chris, bless them. In 1973, they adopted a a three-year-old son. Mm -hmm. He was a black kid. So I had a black uncle growing up my whole life. So that was never looked at as different or weird or there was no um, bad experiences like you said you didn't have in high school. It was never anything like that. He was just my uncle. Mm -hmm. He just had darker skin. Mm -hmm. That was the only difference. And having 
gone through that experience has taught me a different way to like think of the world growing up. Mm-hmm. So I have to contribute that to my family, bringing me up in that way. But, um, I hate the fact that we're still having these conversations now. Well, the I thing, hate the fact that these things are still mm-hmm. happening to the black community. It's yeah. it's horrible. Yeah, it's, it's something else. Beyond the experiences that I've had growing up um, in the family that I had, mm-hmm. I still came from a very white place, okay? I didn't grow up in a black community. Then I joined the military, and mm-hmm. that's like a lot of other places, a big melting pot. So I was very fortunate to then be cultured in that way to understand what that was like, mm-hmm. right? Um, in that setting because it didn't matter when the bullets start flying it's we're all human beings it's us versus them in that scenario okay that Mm -hmm. shit didn't matter so it helped break down those barriers more but trust me there's still racism in the military and all that shit but it was just a good experience um the thing that we are bringing is education Mm -hmm. um and I've heard today for the first time in my life a lot of experiences that you had that I never even thought of um, that are, were very educational to me and I think to everybody that's listening. White privilege is something that people don't mm-hmm. even know that they experience mm-hmm. or know that they have. But it came to kind of fruition when a friend of mine got pulled over by the police last week and was scared and he's a white dude and he goes thank god i'm not black Mm -hmm. just to get pulled over for a blinker being out you know what i'm saying why is that a thing it is a thing because people are taught hate and that's pretty much it well the one thing that 2020 has taught us and if you don't remember anything else that i've said i hope you remember this it's time to get comfortable being uncomfortable mm-hmm. is that not the theme of 2020 or what 100 <laughs> percent. you know what i'm saying i mean as soon as 2020 comes in you know kobe bryant dies we didn't even have a chance to grieve kobe bryant because then next thing you know corona starts to hit mm-hmm. but right in the middle of freaking corona we have a racial <laughs> are you yep. serious and i then- <laughs> think i think they're attributing don't you what what do you mean um uh do you think George Floyd would have happened without Corona. The reason I say that is because Corona kind of locked everybody in, raised and tensions super people. high, mm-hmm. and forced, I don't know, it, it raised tensions enough to, to put people in a pressure cooker Yeah, in a bad way. Um, I, I don't know if one led to the other, but it seemed like a collective demise almost. Well, listen, when you're like, you know, when you're, you know, Dealing with people that had been pent up, that had pent up aggression and issues for quite a while. Sooner or later, it's going to blow up. This is what happened with, you know, with um, George Floyd. It's just like literally putting water in a water balloon, right? You fill it up, fill it up, fill it up, fill it up, fill it up until you overfill it. And then what happens? You get a pin and you pop it instead of the water leaking out in one stream. What does it happen? Just completely gushes out. That's what we're dealing with right now. That's what we're dealing with when we're dealing with George Floyd. We're dealing with, you know, people that have had issues that have been abused by the cops. And just to think if there wasn't cell phones around, that dude would have, they would have got off. Absolutely. Right? They would have got, they would have got off if they didn't have cell phones. But mm-hmm. because we have cell phones now is that it's starting to hold people accountable. But the biggest thing that people need to realize is this. It's time to be uncomfortable or comfortable 
being uncomfortable because it's not going to go away. I can guarantee you this before the year is out, before 2020 is over, right? We're going to go through some other stuff, right? It may be when we're still going to deal with Corona because I don't think Corona is going to go anywhere. I just think it's time for us to start managing Corona. You know what I'm saying? It's just, it's here. It's just like having herpes. You know what I'm saying? It's not, (laughs) you know, it may not kill you. (laughs) you But deal with it. But it it may, it may, it may, that was a bad analogy, by the way. (laughs) (laughs) No. It, it's I, like the, I understood it. It's I like understood the, it. I didn't think it was funny <laughs> until you're laughing, but I understood the analogy. So, anyways. But it's time to be uncomfortable being comfortable. It's time. You know what I do every now and again? It just is just out of the goodness of my heart. Um, if I'm in a grocery store somewhere, if I'm in a, if I'm in, um, um, a convenience store or some, just depending on how I feel, I'll buy the person. Somebody, you know, like it, it could be a cart of food. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? I don't care how much it is because, you know, I know it's going to come back to me somehow, some way, somehow. Karma. But I, and I believe in that. But I always, I, you know, I believe that all that, you know, I'm the catalyst to be able to make change, right? Mm-hmm. So, and I bought the last time I bought somebody something, it was a cup. It was in a gro- the, the convenience store right down the street here, right? Mm-hmm. And the cop had a bag of pretzels and he was in front of me. And I bought his bag of pretzels, right? How did you approach that situation? I just said, do you mind if I buy your food? Mm-hmm. Right? Do you, or do you mind if I buy your pretzels? He's like, no, no, I got it. I got it. And I was like, no, let me get it. You know, it was only like $1.69 or yeah. something like that. And I bought his bag of pretzels. And the look that I got from him was priced. It was great. Yeah. It was like he patted me on my back. He said, thank you. And he meant it. Like, he said, thank you. Um, and really, you know, the truth of the story is, is I just wanted him to hurry up and get out of the way. So I could <laughs> <laughs> hurry up. <laughs> so I just figured it's a bag of pretzels. Slow bastard. You know? <laughs> yeah. But anyways, but that's truly what it's all about okay. is I am an agent of change. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And we can all be agents of change. Right. And it just happens one thing after number to where we cause a ripple effect. Yep. You know what I'm saying? You just do one nice thing and it changes the way people view you. That way, some whether it's a year or now, that's why I'm, I'm glad I do what I do, because when I'm training and I, you know, I talk to people the way I talk to, I know somewhere, somehow, somebody somewhere is gonna be like, man, you ain't going to believe the conversation this cat had with me yeah. today. You know what I'm yeah. saying? You don't believe the funniest thing this cat said. But that's what it's all about is to realize that we're different, but we're cool different. Sometimes we're funny different. Sometimes yeah. we're quiet different. But the point is, is we're different. And as long as we embrace the fact that we're different, but we are, we, that we somehow say, you know what? I'm going to be different than what, cause it's easy for you and it's easy for you to go about your work day. You'll go out, go about your day doing what you're doing. But what's different is to say, you know what? I'm also going to be an agent of change, right? And that way, sooner or later, those seeds of change grow fruit somewhere. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? It may not be something that you see, but that's what it's all about. That's pretty deep. That's really Absolutely. deep. I think, um, wow, talk about a tagline of uh, the name of the episode, Agent of Change. Um, dude, I can't thank you enough for having the audacity Absolutely. to come and sit here. It was fun in my home and have this conversation. Um, that's a huge step. That's so, great. Thank you for coming. Thank you um, for having me. Yeah. Thank you. It was great. <laughs> I am, I am, I'm honored and blessed. So thank you for coming here and joining us. Um, Anytime. Ryan, do you have any more 
things to interject. The, no. uh, what I what I, mean, I what I think we need to get to before we go on because we've just been nailing one thing. Mm-hmm. Guess what? Mm-hmm. We're all dads. Mm-hmm. This is the Dad Life Podcast. Mm-hmm. I want to know about your family. I see your family walking all mm-hmm. the time. I say hello every time. Who are your family and how old is everybody? And tell me about them. So my wife, Tina, um, she is a very great, strong individual. She's very, very intelligent. And I'm blessed to have her. Um, there's a saying behind every good man, <clears throat> behind every strong man is a strong woman. You're mm-hmm. damn right? right. And a famous philosopher once said, I'm a movement by myself, but I'm a force when we're together. I do good all by myself, but baby, you make me better. That was fabulous. It was a rapper, by the Wait. way. Rapper. That is awesome. <laughs> oh my god. 90s, 90s baby. Oh my god. <laughs> that was a rapper who said that. <laughs> oh, I don't give a shit where it came from. It's a, good stuff is good stuff. But my so. wife, she's awesome. Um, and we are building, and you know, for me to be, it wasn't that long ago where my life was completely different. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? It wasn't that long ago, you know, where I was in a completely different, you know, situation. And, but I'm, um, I'm a true advocate of what it's like, you know, when you have life changes and you allow those life changes to happen, things can happen for the good. Mm -hmm. And look what happened. You know, I got a family. Uh, My wife is great. You know, she makes good money. (laughs) And, uh, you know, know, we're great. How many children? We have, we have, um, a a three-year-old daughter. Um, and then we also have a two-year-old boy. Okay. So it's us. You see my boy. Yes. Yeah. And you see him, by the way, if you hear jets go over by overhead, because uh-huh. I figure out, because we used to live on East, East Layton. Yep. But coming out here on the West side, I figure we don't get away from these jets. No. Nope. That's not the case. Uh-uh. So if you watch my son when we're walking around him, just going right to take off down the street, it scares the daylights out oh, of him. Oh, really? So, yeah. He hates it. <laughs> he, oh, it man. scares him. I've got some stories about Zeke. Sorry. Zeke, Zeke. is all right, man. Zeke, Zeke puts anything in his mouth. Yeah, Zeke's Like, so he'll eat whatever. So, so, so oh, no. <laughs> so, I love – Sean's kids milk. are amazing. They come over all the time, and they come in the garage, sure and it will. doesn't bother me at all. I know it drives your wife nuts. Sure does. But for me, like, welcome to it. Come to the garage. And I remember Courtney was out blowing bubbles with the kids. And all of a sudden, you see Zeke. He grabs the entire thing of bubbles and just starts chugging it. Oh yeah, <laughs> squeaky so, clean on the inside, baby. Like, no, you yeah. can't chug it. Oh. And of course, your wife is like, "No, no, no." That no. made for an interesting <laughs> poo poo. Oh man! And so, that, and then your daughter. Bubbles. Oh, this is great. <laughs> so, Sean, I will admit, as much as this hurts as a man, as a human man, Sean has a better yard than I do. Oh God! Sean takes extremely good care of his yard and his grass, and so he mowed his lawn like he used. I saw Sean mowing his mowing his lawn in the dark one night. Um, Sean is on it, right? <laughs> Sean is on it. So he finishes. He is. He's doing his trim. I'm outside. Sean and I talk every time we're outside, and his daughter starts riding the lawnmower like a cowboy, mm-hmm. and I'm like, "Oh hell no! Like get off! The, like mm-hmm. you're not my child. But if your leg hits that exhaust." It's done. It's, so. He came over and he, he told me he's uh, like she's on lawnmower. And one thing that I will say, getting back to what we've been talking about, the reason why my lawn 
and my yard has always got to be as macklit is because I don't want to be the only black person in the community. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> I'm telling the truth. Oh, that shit. has, you know, you know, somebody's walking by. That's the way the black guy lives. Can you tell? Look at his lawn. He's got cars parked <sighs> on his lawn. That's not us. You know what I'm saying? Nope. <laughs> so, Stop it. Let us... Oh, man. That's what I'm saying. It's time to get comfortable being uncomfortable. So oh. that's why I'm out there. That's why I keep all that stuff immaculate. True story. Oh, man. <laughs> One of my favorite things, I though. I hope someday that that is not even part of the conversation. That would man. be nice. One of the first things Sean, <laughs> Sean and I met, like I said, when we first moved in, and we've all had, and who knows, the rest of this neighborhood, I don't know, but we've all had issues with our, uh, our water, mm-hmm. especially in the shower. Yep. So my, my wife and I, I'll, I'll never forget. Problem. <laughs> it was a problem for me. My wife and I were having a glass of wine and we're in our living room and the kids have gone to bed and Sean's at the door and Sean answers the door and he's like, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. I've interrupted you guys are having a nice night. You having your wine? And I was like, no, no, no. What do you need, Sean? And Sean's like, well, I don't know if you've had an issue with your shower, but I'm having an issue with, you know, from cold to, to Didn't hot. Didn't get hot. Didn't, Didn't get, get hot, hot, basically. It was and like, I was like warm. And first of all, I was like, absolutely, I've already fixed this issue in mind. Let me go help you. And, and and to me, that meant so much because not only did I give the right impression when I first met Sean and his family mm-hmm. as like, you know what? If you need something, it's not just bullshit. You come over and I'm I'm willing to help with whatever I can. Was this your first interaction? That no, was, it was pretty, probably our second. It was that second was the, that was our main interaction, and I'm glad you brought that up because we're getting ready to put that trampoline in the hole soon. Oh damn you it! Know, so I got work to do. I got work to do. Yeah, that's just a big saying. job. That's a shitload of dirt, y'all. Are gonna have to move. <laughs> no, the dirt's done. Oh no, they're we just gotta put. The they're tramp doing that in the so hole. We just gotta oh, put the tramp in the no, hole. I got that. Easy peasy. <laughs> oh, yeah, I'm not moving no dirt. <laughs> 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 Shit, that's way too hard. No way. Yeah. Uh, I thought about it and then said, nope. Yeah. But from the bottom of my heart, Sean, I, when I approached you to do this podcast, I, I truly thank you for coming to yeah, talk about absolutely. it. Yeah, um, absolutely. I, I Let me know if you guys want it. me to come back. We can we can chat about it. Anything. There's, there's a lot more to talk about, and, and it's just real life stuff. Yeah, and I'm a Ute fan, just so for you listeners. Thank God. And he has thank a God. New England Patriots hat. Yep. And I'm from Buffalo, so that was. Ooh. I understand where you're coming from. I tell ooh. people now, I understand the hate, and I understand where you're coming from when you win as much as we do. I know. Ooh. I understand. Oh, it's I hard. It is as a Vikings it's fan, hard. I don't know what that feels like. So. <laughs> <laughs> Talk to me. Exactly. Yeah, I understand. I understand. Yeah. Can't win like we do. Can't everybody be a winner? You, you kind of got to get hurts. sick of that. Hurts, it, though, like, don't real you? Deep. Get sick of winning. <laughs> No. Don't you get sick of it? No, but it gets to the point where you're like <laughs> Alabama, you know, football, when you're winning, you're just like, uh huh. So when we win the Super Alabama. Bowl, like, uh huh. Oh, you used to beat the shit. Yeah, Alabama. we smashed. That was a great game, by the way. Great game. Brian Johnson. A great game. Mm. How many yes. years ago was that? Uh, it's a while. like 2007. Okay. You know what? You know what? It's, it's like okay. 2007. I and just, we went undefeated. I'm trying that to year. learn, guys. Okay. <laughs> it's like 2007. We might not even have college football. Just let us relish in our past, okay? Uh huh. We'll All right, it. this has been the Dad Life Podcast. Sean, thank you so much. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you guys, it was great. Thank you very yeah. much, man. Yep, thank you Touched for having everybody's me. lives. Absolutely. Yeah. I appreciate it, and yeah. you're going to continue to do so. Agent of change. Until next time, guys, stay positive and love your life. Later. Yep. <laughs>